This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And welcome to it. Thank you guys for being with us. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. And you, over there, you, Mitchell. Yes, that's me. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. How you doing? I'm doing wonderfully well. I'm doing actually very well. Uh... I, I have, you know, we we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Apple. Oh my think, God, do we? I, I mean, I know we have a lot to talk about on the show in general. We yeah. always have, you know, let's talk about. We have guests. We like talk tech, and but I I always like bringing my personal issues to the show. Number one, well, because this is therapy, right? It's the, it's it's <laughs> tech therapy. You know, wow, we should, you know, there's unbox therapy. We should be tech therapy. Yeah, tech. because. Oh. It's good to. It's I know. Go th- go figure. Right. It's good to sort of exercise my tech demons on the air with you, because then if other people are having the same conundrum, plural, that I have, maybe us exercising my demons can help other people that are listening to the show. Is that a way of justifying that? I just want to. Well, you know, like, we, we get a lot of feedback from people saying, "My God, I went through that exact same issue." Thank you for talking yes. about it. And yes, that's why I do it. It's not selfish at all. It's for it's for other people. And yes, funny that's why enough, I do. It. Funny enough, it's not even the stuff that we plan on doing. It's the stuff that we just break into conversation about. Absolutely, uh, awesome show lined up for you guys. I mean, the long and short of it is that we we were talking to yes last week with a couple people, Bruce Walker and our friends in different companies. Last week, we're going to be talking to different companies who made announcements at CES for for quite some time to come. But uh, this week, you know. Uh, kind of unexpected really it came by a surprise on monday there was a leak that apple was going to make some announcements the next day <laughs> a lot of people brushed it off they're like oh what could they do they're not going to announce new processors but guess what they announced a brand new m2 max and an m2 pro processor on their m2 line we've been waiting for this we thought this was going to happen in october it happened this week we got new a new home pod this week which quite honestly some people thought that was never going to come back, let alone be updated. And there you go. I was one of the people that would never come back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, you and I have been shopping through stuff. Um, we also yes. have a really cool company called V Labs joining us. They're going to talk about the health sector and how AI is helping not only companies and insurance companies, but helping you stay in better shape and also predict things that are going to help you down the road. So that is coming up on this week's show. Thank you guys for being with us. Of course, if you want to get in touch, the email address, contact at yourtechreport.com. On social media, it's all at yourtechreport. Check out our YouTube channel, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Shall we Um, start with Apple? Yeah, let's, let's start with Apple. And I want to start off with what you said. This was a bit of a surprise, but here's the advantage of especially when you know when you're making a product basically all the things that we're going to be talking about in terms of apple basically except except for the home pod are you know originate from making their own as they say silicon yes a silicone is plastic silicon is like a computer chip so silicon. here we go uh silicon so when you're making your own chips and you know it's mostly in-house stuff and there aren't that many third-party people to put 
different parts through. For example, when you're making a phone, it's hard to keep things under wraps. It's hard to keep secrets because you have people that make the body, the phone, the glass, the different, you know, the modems. But when you're making your own stuff, it's easier to keep things under wraps. And right? this is the conversation we've had with, for example, Bruce, the last week of TCL with yes. them making their own components, their own screens and stuff like that. It's easier to keep, keep secret. secrets and, yeah. and and let things come out when they're ready for it to come out and not really feel like you're rushed or under under pressure. And but but not only that, I think one of the really cool benefits of Apple making their own chips is that and not only Apple making their own chips, but Apple making their own chips and the public adopting it really quickly, like developers and stuff, because that didn't happen last time Apple made a switch when they were on PowerPC and they switched to Intel. There was, you know, there's a lot of stuff that had to happen that really happened slowly. This one happened really quickly and it happened because Apple really kind of unveiled it early. They unveiled the chip and the fact that they were going to do it like almost a year before gave people an opportunity to build stuff and also gave them the tools to do it. So let me also let me jump in here a second. And because also they were smart enough, I, I apologize for interrupting. They were smart enough to bake in an emulation within their chip that allowed you to still run other software not natively, but really sort of nat natively adjacent, so that you wouldn't see if there were any issues with compatibility. Correct. That was very. That was a very. That's not something to be minimized because without that, they would have had to delay and make sure all their partners were on board, making their software up to date to run on their to run on their new chips. Didn't have to worry about that because the emulator built in and worked right away. But go ahead. Okay, so that and 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 by the way, not only that uh, bake in and work right away, but it worked almost seamlessly where you don't even notice a performance. You don't even difference. know what's going on. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, exactly. That's what's scary. Yeah, it's that's what's scary. scary. Yeah. Um. So and and the real benefit of of building your own chips because a lot of people say, oh, well, who cares? What difference does it make? Well, the difference is if you make the chips and you make the software. So you're making the hardware. You're making the software. When you design your software, you're going to design your hardware to work perfectly with it. You're going to make sure that your graphics work great with your own processors and vice versa. You're going to make sure your processors work great with your software. So really, it, it makes everything better out of the gate. And this is M2. So second generation, really, if you think about it, probably fourth generation or even longer because they've been making chips in their phones for a very long time. But M2 Pro, M2 Max, desktop grade, laptop grade, processors that are in some incredibly high-end machines and not only in the macbook pros which people are really excited about but a mac mini a mac mini that really hits that sweet spot that i know you mitchell have been waiting for which means other people sitting there at home have been waiting for the same thing because the the mac studio can get pretty pricey and isn't well, necessarily needed no, we have we we're going to have a little there's going to be a little crossover here. We have oh. that little conversation about the the new Mac Mini, the a new M2 Pro powered Mac Mini, especially yes. stepping on the toes of the M1 Max. Now, yes, previous generation, but still the Max is still a powerful machine. Yeah. Might even have higher benchmarks than the M2 Pro just because of the extra GPUs, but that's a whole other issue. So let's let's, let's give this context for our listeners who aren't maybe as well facile in, in sort of what the new chips do, what the M1 did. So you originally had the M1, their, their first generation, as Mark said, and I'm really glad you said this, Mark, because you're right. They say M1 first generation of their Apple processors, but really, it's really an extension of what they've been working on the mobile side for quite a long time. What they've been working on with the phones, with you know, with their iPhones, with the iPads, it's an extension of that. So we have the M1 processors, and the original M1, fantastic, fast. It beat, it beat, it even beat i7s and i9s, and at a fraction of the price, great processor. The M1 was limited because. Number one, what a lot of people don't realize, it's a system on a chip. It's this entire system, not just the CPU, but the GPU, everything that it did on one chip. 
And they also has built in, you cannot swap out the memory as you can with other computers. The memory is also built into these chips when you buy them. So uh, the whole system on a chip. So when you're using an M1, the one downside was it maxed out at 16 gigs of RAM, right? So if yeah. you wanted anything more than 16 gigs of RAM, you had to wait for the M1 Pro. Okay, and then you had the M1 Max and the M1 Ultra, and that gives exponentially let you do more, let you use more RAM. So now we go to the M2, which is everything the M1 did except more. And when the original M2 came out, Mark, everyone was very excited about this processor, except one of the limitations was, I believe the RAM maxed out on the new M2 at 24 gigs of RAM. Correct. So everyone that wanted more than 24 yeah. gigs, like myself, I was just looking for an M, I was looking for a Mac mini. I have an M1 Mac mini that works great. Yeah. I was looking for an M2 powered Mac mini, but then I can get at least 32 gigs of RAM that was faster, better. So what do they give us? They give us the M2 Pro, which is like the M1 Pro, only better. Now you have a max of 32. So it, the M1 was 16. The M2 was 24. The M2 Pro, 32 gigs of RAM, finally able to be put into a Mac Mini. And of course, we're also talking about more cores, faster processors, faster everything, better. And if it's in a laptop, better um, battery management. So as Apple has been amazing us with over the years, more power, reduced battery consumption. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> what was your first takeaway? Because I can go on and on. I don't want to be selfish about the M2 that's going to be powering the Mac Mini and making it into basically a Mac Studio killer for right now. Um, because you went and ordered, you went and ordered a laptop. They didn't just stop at the M2 Pro though, did they? No, well, I mean the M2, the M2 Max. Um, you can configure up to 96 gigs of memory uh, of RAM. We're talking RAM, about up right. to eight terabytes of hard drive storage. I, I really, I'd love to be able to understand, and I'm going to reach out and ask this question. The thermals, I understand that the reason for why they don't do certain things, is it just price? Because if you think about it, why wouldn't you make a Mac Mini that can also have that Max chip? Because if a Mac MacBook Pro can, can support it, with the thermals and the design, then surely a Mac Mini can handle it too, right? Well, I mean, well, they'd be totally. Well, they'd have to decide if they're going to continue the Mac Studio because they'd be correct. totally cannibalizing any Mac Studio sales. But here's where I'll let you go on. If you want to go more about the laptops a little bit, go no, for no, it because uh, I'm going to bring up something very bizarre. Go for about. it. In fact, I'm going to pull up the website right now. Okay. So here I was getting all excited about. Oh, finally! Now, because you know, last year I got myself a Mac Studio. I ended up spending like thirty three hundred dollars on it, and I realized when I got it, I was like, you know what? This is, I can actually say, and there's no ego involved here, it's probably overkill for my use case, okay? Okay. Um, yes, I do YouTube videos and editing, and we do, you know, we, we can run audio, our studios yeah. on the Macs and audio. It was no problem, but it was really more than I needed. Did I need to be spending $3,300 yeah. or whatever I was spending to, max, you know, and it wasn't even maxed out. That wasn't even a maxed out. That had like two, that had the, what, like, uh, I think 64, which is the base came of the studio with 32 gigs of RAM. I got it with 64, two terabytes, and that was about it. And it was in the 30 something hundred dollar category. So I went back and I got the M1 Mac Mini, which was a little less than what I was hoping for, but still plenty powerful for my needs, but it maxed out at 16 gigs of RAM. So here we go with the M2 Pro, 32 gigs of RAM, but here's where things get a little sketchy. Let me pull it up here. I'm pulling up Mac. I'm pulling it is, up the I mean, Mac it's hard Mini. to understand sometimes the logic things, because if you look at, you know, look at the Mac Mini and just, just what they're offering at their base, right? Okay. The Correct. base is an M2, 8-core CPU, 10-core GPU, 8 gigs of memory, six, uh, 256 gigs of storage. Like, I don't know who on earth is going to be, who can actually survive with that in terms of storage, but that's that's not a lot. 
then you right. go the next the next level up in terms of just base configurations, right? Uh, eight core CPU, ten core GPU, uh, eight gigs of unified memory. So it's the same thing with five hundred twelve gigs of storage for seven ninety nine. So you're basically paying. $200 for just that doubling of the storage. And we're not even talking, like, I don't know why a terabyte is not standard now. I mean, your base iPad it really almost comes be. with more it's, than that. It's silly at this point. Yeah. But yes, go And ahead. then you've got the M2 Pro. So then it jumps right to the M2 Pro. 10-core uh, CPU, 16-core GPU, so obviously an enhanced there. 16 gigs of unified memory and 512 gigs of storage as well. Again, I've used a 512-gig computer, like, the, just with the basic programs that you need. And you know what? Like, I have to remember that there's people out there like my wife who's just using, you know, basic web browsing. And so this might be just enough for that. You know, this might be just enough for like a starter well, home computer or what whatnot. But I just seem like there's there's opportunities missed here. But I guess it's cost savings. When we hear here's where cost savings, you might think, but okay. not so much. And here's where it gets interesting. So just for the sake of argument, just bear with me here. I'm going to configure right now. I'm going to go to basically what I configured. I wanted an M2 Pro Mac Mini. Okay, like you said, the base model, and these are in U.S. dollars. For those of us listening, you know, anywhere else in the world, uh, or we have a lot of listeners in Canada, of course. Canadian yeah, you, dollars. You, you, just, you do it. In, US, you do it in U.S. and I'll, I'll do the same thing in Canadian. So we have so, that comparison perfect, here. Perfect, perfect. So we have the M2 Pro. I'm going to start off with the 10 core, 16 core GPU. Okay, comes with 16 gig of memory. Great, 512. Okay, that's what I'm selecting as my base. Now, the reason I'm going to start specking it out a little higher is to make it apples to apples with the. Uh, Mac Studio. And the entry-level Mac Studio. Like, okay. Correct. So let's start with the base processor. I'm not even going to go up to, because for it's a $300 US dollar option to make the M2 Pro a little better, make, get a chip with two more cores, CPU cores, and three more GPU cores. But I'm not going to add that right now. Right now, I'm sticking with the base, 10-core CPU, 16-core GPU. I'm going to go to 32 gigabytes of unified memory and add $400 to that because the Mac Studio, that's the base model. It okay. comes with 32 gig base. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm also going to leave it at 512 <laughs> in terms of storage, right? Yeah. Uh, Can I mention one I thing have... here? I just wanted to sure, mention one sure. thing. What is the US dollar option to go up in different storage? So if 512 is included, one terabyte is how much? 200 US dollars. 250 Canadian. Two terabyte? 600 US dollars. 750 Canadian. Four terabyte? Twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, eight so terabyte, three thousand four hundred dollars, two hundred dollars for you. Yeah, that is yeah. way too oh, so expensive yeah. for the price of memory today. Anyhow, continue. Oh, no, no, that's that's ridiculous. But Apple is Apple is punishing you with the internal storage, with the internal memory, not the not the RAM. Although the RAM is overpriced as well. There's no reason that a, a sixteen gig upgrade should cost four four hundred dollars. If you're doing it yourself, probably cost between one hundred and twenty five and one hundred and fifty. But that's you know they have a closed wall system. I get it. So right now, now. The e Ethernet, it's standard gigabit Ethernet, but if you go to 10 gigabit Ethernet for $100 extra, that will make you equal with the Mac Studio, which comes standard with 10 gigabit Ethernet. So right now, we're at $17.99 US dollars for this particular specced out version that I have. Now, okay, 23, 24 I'm actually, Canadian. okay, now, uh, now actually, forget about what I said, because I think if we go up to, you know, I'll leave it alone for now. Let's head over. Well, I'm going to do another tab now and let's head over and make a Mac Studio. I'm, I'm telling you there's a reason, reason for this, okay? I hope so. I'm not going this to the Mac Studio. Okay? It's, it's fantastic. People are the most boring man on radio. Let's M1 go Max? Uh, an M1 Max. Let's do an M1 Max, okay? Okay. The M1 Max starts with a 10-core CPU, 
which is what the you know the other one the, what the, the other computer does that we just did, did as well yeah but it has a t- 24 core gpu for starters okay yeah so let's start there let's select that version because we don't need to go to the ultra because that's not going to include 32 gigs of ram correct so the okay the basic m1 max with 10 core 16 core which is exactly as we were talking about before uh what does it cost it cost 24.99 canadian okay 1999 us dollars so it's like a hundred okay. less than a hundred dollar difference now here's where it gets really confusing what are you to do at this point because right now okay uh, m1 max 30 i guess 60. i guess the question really is is how different are the chips correct and what Be- everything is saying it's about a 40 percent increase across the board between these two chips par for par so if they're if they're comparing m1 max to m2 pro like this is the problem we never know what the numbers are based on i think we really need to drill down on the data and how they're reporting it i'd be curious to see i would wish apple would give us a site like this where we can put things side by side but actually just pick chips side by side look at actual stats and data right but but i could see somebody getting very confused by this because it's okay wait a minute so if i'm doing apples to apples the max is only a couple hundred dollars more but now, what are the advantages? Of course, on the Max, you're getting that front, you're getting more USB-C because it has four Thunderbolt and two yeah. USB-C in the front, making it six possible um, ports there. You also have the SD card reader in the front. However, if you go back to the new M2 Pro <laughs> Mac Mini, it gets really confusing, folks. That actually has HDMI 2.1, which will give you 4K at 120 hertz if you're looking oh, to get Lord. that advantage. The, the, the M1 Mac Studio with the max chip in there only has HDMI 2.0 in it. So, I mean, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. It gets very confusing and the prices are very, very close. So you have, it really comes down to exactly what you said, Mark, how much better benchmark wise does this M2 Pro perform compared to the M1 Max of equal, you know, equal distribution last year. So go ahead. Yeah. So what did Mitchell Whitfield actually buy? Let's take a break and come back and find out. It is your tech report. Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back, Marco Flaldo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Your tech report. Follow along on all our social media. It is at your tech report. Okay, so before the break, we kind of wrapped our head around the confusion between these new processors and last generation of the new generation. You have a prognostication, Mitchell, before we get into what you bought, and we'll talk about what I bought, and then we'll talk about HomePod for a second. What do you think is going to happen with a Mac, Mac Pro in the Mac Studio? I think it's going to go away. Uh, well, you know, now you're now you're just teasing me. You're setting me up because I know originally I said if Ma- if Apple wanted to, if Apple wanted to, the Mac Studio could become the Mac Pro Correct. in terms of pure power. What the, if they could if they could they could load that up with RAM? They could load it up with the biggest chip. There's room for thermals to be managed in there. They could, but as we discussed, sort of you know in the break, you know if to, when Apple makes a Mac Pro. Pros like to be able to swap drives out. They like yeah. to be able to swap out graphics cards. They like the ability to update. And as we know, the Mac Studio and the Mac Minis are designed to be walled off. You cannot change anything. They are sealed machines. Okay, so they're not designed to be able to upgrade. And a pro machine needs to be able to be upgraded. So I'm guessing, even though originally I thought, hey, they can make the Mac Studio the new Mac Pro because the Mini is starting to become what the Studio was. 
I, I think they probably won't. The question is, will the Mac Studio still exist, Mark, when they're making, it seems, the Mac Mini very close? I thought, a good the Mac, I thought the Mac Mini was going to go away and the Mac Studio was going to kind of replace so the form factor. So did because I. Because at that size, like, does difference if it doubles in the height? Who cares? Like, it's on desk. It doesn't yeah. really make a difference. And then there's the iMac and all these other things. There's a lot of computers to consider here and a lot of designs with a lot of variations. It's almost like there's a little bit too much going on here. And... I don't know. I can kind of see like the iMac almost maybe going away or I don't know. Like, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to gauge. But I think there's always a market for every one of these different things somewhere. Yeah. But is it enough to to warrant continuing to make all these models? So what did you order in the end? I, I ended up going with the new M2 Pro Mac Mini to get the newest processor. I like the HDMI 2.1. So say, like the, the Max or not the Max? Uh, they didn't make a Max for the Mini. Sorry, the they make M2 a Pro. Pro. The Pro, sorry. Uh, yeah, I got the yeah, M2, okay, sorry, yeah, okay, the M2 Pro Mac Mini. Yeah, I wish they made, I did make a Max, but as we said, if they did, that would completely cannibalize the sales of the Mac Studio, I feel. There'd be okay. no reason to have the Mac Studio if they did it. So I ended up going with, uh, I didn't, I could have upgraded the processor for $300 looking back. Maybe I should have, but I think two cores on the CPU and three cores on the GPU are not going to make or break anything. And I thought the $300 was better spent elsewhere. I did get the 32 gigs of memory for $400. I did get the two terabytes for $600. So right out the door, and I got the, you know, 10 gigabit ethernet, which you encouraged me to do in case we get our fiber gets delivered very soon. And, you know, we have those advantages there. So out the, well, not out the door, $2,399 out the door, I think closer to $2,600. Um, which saved me a little bit from the way I was configuring my uh, studio. So it saved me a little bit, but I also get the newer technology and we'll see. We'll have to see if I see any huge advantages one over the other, but I'm pretty happy with what I decided on here. I was very, I was a little surprised that an M2 Mac mini with even with an M2 pro cost this much. Yeah. I was hoping there'd be a little more differentiation between the mini line and the, the studio line. It may be like a $500, you know, instead there was like a $200 difference. So I was a little bit surprised by that. I think they could have made this a little lower price to make, make it a more specific buy and to delineate the different machines and who they serve. But I'm still happy with what I got so far. I'll, I'll let you know when I see it in four weeks, because when you four order weeks. like this, four weeks. Yeah. You really, because uh -huh. here, so here to my surprise, so yeah. I ordered a MacBook Pro. I went with a 14 because I've been used to the 14 lately. Happy yeah. with it. Uh, MacBook Pro Space Gray. I got the M2 Max with the 12 core CPU, 30 core GPU, 16 wow. core neural engine. So not the highest, highest. I think right. the difference was 12 core and 60 or something like that. Or the difference was on the, I don't remember where the difference was. 64 gigs of memory instead of 96. Like why would, like, the price didn't yeah, make 64 sense. 64 is great. Yeah. Um, four terabytes of storage. Wow. I needed I, eight was just too expensive. Four made sense. Like the price for for, for storage was good. Obviously, it's a mobile it, machine. It's nice not to connect things to it if you don't have to. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it's got the ninety six watt USB C power adapter. It's got the Thunderbolt ports. All that all that fun stuff. I mean, that's the configuration, and it's going to be here Friday. It's going to be here, and literally, it said shipping before business days. I don't like you right now. So I'm not sure. Maybe they haven't ramped up production yet of the Mac Mini. Perhaps. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, it was right. Maybe it was had the particular the particular configuration that I chose. But yeah, that's going to be here. And I'm excited to not only put this to the I'm test, excited. but I, I think this might end up being enough. I'm, I'm probably going to eat my words in, in nine months from now. But yeah. when my Mac Pro is, is end of lease, which is just about eight months from now, I might end up just getting a really good dock and using this as my full computer because these computers are blown away, even my Mac Pro. Like I feel this Mac Pro that has like incredible, incredible specs 
Like when that I bought this how thing, much? was it like fourteen thousand or no, something? No, that was crazy? like twenty one thousand Canadian. Yeah, it was yeah. stupid. Like it's three point six gigahertz, sixteen core Intel Xenon processor, uh, AMD Radeon graphics fifty seven hundred with six sixteen gigs, one hundred ninety two gigs of memory. Um, I got a four terabyte, you know, SSD, afterburner card, all this stuff in in this in behemoth of a computer, which right. is struggling now, and it's struggling now because software is being built to work on newer hardware and even though the hardware is great i just notice it in certain aspects not in everyday kind of internet browsing and stuff but in the high-end video editing when you're working with 4k files and stuff like that even though when i first got it it was blowing through that stuff now it seems slower because the software is 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 outpacing the hardware so and and how disheartening by the way is it when a machine that costs you know, eight nine hundred twelve hundred dollars, even with an M1 processor on just CPU function, was faster than your Mac Pro that you spent twenty one thousand. Mitchell, on. the M1 Mac Mini kind of blew this computer. No, away. that's what I said. Yeah. I said the M1. Yeah. I said the M1 blew it away. Yeah, not it's... even the Pro, not even the Max. So here's it's a story that I heard: trade in yeah. value. Someone tried oh, to boy. trade in their eighteen thousand dollar Mac Pro. They got offered nine hundred and sixty dollars for it. That's a joke. That's a joke. Can you it's, imagine? That's I mean, that's what's really weird because Apple has been really great about values for the iPhone on the iPhone side. And that just goes to show you how powerful and how the mobile, how mobile devices push the market forward. Oh, yeah. How mobile devices drive the market and drive Apple's company in particular. You can see on the resale value, or at least in the trade-in value, how powerful, how powerfully mobile speaks to what their, you know, their corporate MO is. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got what, like 700 for my iPhone when I traded it in? For an eleven hundred dollar phone. For two hundred more, I'll give you a Mac Pro. <laughs> huh? What? And for two hundred more, I'll give you a Mac Pro. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Oh I mean, my! Shows you God. how mobile drives that drives the market right now. If you had any doubt about where Apple's business priorities lie, they lie on the mobile side. Yeah, I think that I think that happened by itself. I don't think Apple even managed to create that themselves. I think it just the world is just migrating to that. Even I, I think on the iPad, we're gonna let's say it's gonna be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year for tech in general. I think, you know, the AI stuff that we're seeing come out, Microsoft's interest in ChatGPT, that's going to push some software stuff forward. Um, augmented reality. Augmented and reality. And Apple's $12,000 new headset. Yeah. Yeah, $12,000. That'd be funny. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so HomePod. Um, day yeah. after they released these M2 chips and some new computers, they released HomePod, new HomePod, which no one expected. People thought it was going to go away. Form factor, identical in terms of shape and size. Um, internals, obviously it's got a little bit beefier in terms of processing power. Sound appears to be the same. You can still pair these as stereo. Um, only with each other. You can't pair them with the previous gen. No, no, they you're correct. Stereo correct. together. They have to be with new ones. Correct. Which means that there's yeah. new processing on board. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, temperature and humidity sensor, which was there before and is now going to be active on the older generation. They're turning it on with a software update. Oh, that's so funny. It's going to be available. Active? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So that was there. So they obviously had intentions on using that in some way, shape, or form. So that's going to be there, which is interesting, and it's going to help you. It's going to help the smart home mission because if your if your home pod's yes. in a living room and it can detect like humidity is high and, and other stuff is going on, it can it can control stuff in your home. But that is the big rumor that comes out of this home pod is that Apple is going to be announcing more and more smart home features, if not products, over the coming months. That's why they think that this one, because this also acts as a home hub, um, so it's going to act as a home hub for your entire home. 
it actually detects different voices, so it'll know if you have multiple people in your home with iOS devices, who they are talking to it. A lot of really small, compelling reasons to give it another try. Although I think the other other competitors out there, the Amazons and the Googles, still have a major leg up on, on the HomePod, but definitely minor improvements in places that I think are important and that matter, but I don't believe that we've seen the big picture yet. Um... That's a really good point. I was thinking that uh, it's funny. I was thinking if they ever came out with a new HomePod, uh, the screen would be more prominent than just a multicolored display too. that should. Yeah, I thought there'd be more. Uh, be, be, especially when you mention it being the hub. Because when you think about something being a hub product, you think about, you know, connectivity to other things and having a screen that would allow that more than just the voice. Obviously, they're doubling down on voice, uh, but I was hoping to see a little bit more screen. Maybe we will. Maybe we well, haven't heard that. That's one thing. of the rumors is that there's gonna, they're going to come out with a tablet style device that's meant to be a home hub, something that's yeah. not an iPad, something that's tethered down, that's tied down, that's meant to be, uh, sorry, the home control. When I People say a home use hub, old iPads as that, by the way. Oh, yeah. listen, I've got I've got one up on my wall upstairs, so I use that yeah. there as well. So um, very interesting. I mean, I'm not running out to buy this. I'm definitely not running out to buy this, although no. I'm curious to play with it with my Apple TV. Maybe I don't know. Maybe in the bedroom, I'll try that out. I don't know. Do you have a current gen, the, the newest release of the Apple TV? I do. I do. I have just one, though. I, whereas I normally upgrade my whole house. I got one I for the bedroom. I only did one, too. That's so funny. Bedroom and or I got room? one for the, I got one for the family room, oh, which is family, where we yeah. are most okay. of the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's 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 definitely snappy. It's definitely snappy. That's all I noticed, though. I just noticed yeah. that it's snappier. Zach got That's one, too, actually. Sorry, my son got one, too, for his uh, for his bar mitzvah. So his room is all decked out now. He's, no, he's, he's got a better studio than you do now. Look at him go. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um. Wow. Lots of stuff. Like, what do you like? What's next? Like, what's next on your list in terms of wishes from Apple? Wow. Um, well, you know, let's go back to what I just talked about, augmented reality. I just heard yeah. a rumor. <laughs> I, I heard a rumor that Apple is working on a more consumer pocketbook friendly version of the AR headset that's going to be announced sometime in the next several months. Okay. Which and they and they said something in, you know, in the a thousand dollar price range. So if they're looking, if they're thinking that the one for consumers that they're a more pocket friendly version at around a thousand dollars is what they're working on next. It horrifies me to think about what the current one that's about to be announced is going to be priced at. My guess would be somewhere in the $3,000 range if they're looking really hard at putting a more pocketbook friendly version out. And I really don't know how Apple does that. I don't know why Apple would put a first device out that wasn't attainable to the masses. Even a $1,000 headset is a luxury item. That's still a luxury purchase, Mark. So if Apple's making an AR headset to compete in that market where Meta already has three and $400 headsets out there that have been flooding the market because of that attainable price point, and Apple wants entry into this and wants to come in hard and aggressively, how do you do that with a headset that's $3,000 as your first entry into that market? Why would you do that? What Especially if, when you know it's... Okay. What if mm-hmm. this headset, this $3,000 mm-hmm. headset, is a developer headset that comes out at at uh, WWDC that is available for developers mm-hmm. um, to start creating stuff and the real commercial version comes out or different variations of it in the fall. Only if they announced it together, saying it's available now for developers at this price point, the the other one will be out and you know you know this this coming this coming fall October or holiday season then at least you know 
okay, now we see a tease of what the tech can do. Can't wait to get my hands on one at the end of the year. Otherwise, they're just announcing a technology that's not attainable. And I think that's that's a mistake. I think to, to tell people, here's what we're doing, and my God, look at how expensive it is, and most of you won't be able to get your hands on one. Or most of you shouldn't get your hands on one because it's overkill for what your needs are. That I think would be the wrong, a step in the wrong direction. But you know, Apple obviously has been successful without any of my input. I just think it's weird <laughs> for Apple to enter a market where they like to take over that market right away. That's how Apple enters a market. They enter aggressively to get people on board right away. And I think by, you know, I, I laughed when Meta announced their latest Pro headset for everyone to buy a $3,000. Like, who's going to buy that? Everyone's waiting for the new Meta Quest to come out. That's yeah. more more accessible. So for Apple to not take advantage of that situation and say, hey, we're coming in with the consumer model first, I think is a little weird. I think that the answer is right there in the wording that you just used. The Meta, the Meta Quest Pro or the Meta Pro is not meant for consumers. It's meant for business. You know, it's it's meant for neither will a three thousand dollar headset from Apple be. And I consumers. think that's why that's why the you know the, the key is in your putting there. It's not but, it's not going to be a consumer al- headset. Whatever. Well, right, Apple but Meta comes- already has the Quest Pro. Correct. I mean, the Quest Two yeah. to rest on and say, hey, yeah. you don't have to spend three thousand. You a consumer can have a great experience on this. Apple doesn't have that. Yeah. So and- their first their first entry is going to be three thousand dollars. That's going to suck for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, let's take a quick break. I want to come back because we've got Spencer Honeyman on the line and ready to go talking all about this really cool AI for health uh, and then we're going to come back and wrap up the show so uh, do stick around he is Mitchell Whitfield in LA I am Marco Flalo in Montreal back in a moment your tech report will be right back the podcast super friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers hi I'm Catherine O'Brien from branch out programs in Baton Rouge Louisiana I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. 